It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we are having conversations about important issues out there. And uh, thrilled to have in studio with me my friend Ben Martin. We're going to be talking about the Federalist Papers today. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Kim. And uh, last night was Vino and Veritas. And uh, so we like to have uh, uh, and then a show regarding the Federalist Papers after that. So it's great to have you here. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into uh, some of the things that we need to talk about. Uh, first of all, um, you know, socialism seems to be... Uh, popular these days. And it is important that we uh, understand in a few short words and can be able to articulate with our friends and our family and our colleagues that kids are coming home from from college and they have been indoctrinated. And so you've got your work uh, cut out for you this summer. But basically, socialism is force. And so the big questions as we look at each of these issues, it's freedom versus force or force versus freedom. And socialism is force and America was founded on freedom. Our frequent guest, guest Stephen Kessler, Ph.D., asked three questions of socialists. Is, do you have any skin in the game? Are you bringing people up? Or are we yanking them down? And you felt good, but did you do good? So those are some things that you need to, to be talking about uh, as we are talking with our kids as they come home from college this, uh, this summer. Uh, we need to do a clarification here. Uh, I was talking about freedom versus force, force versus freedom the other day. And uh, one of the things that I'd mentioned, and, and I see this overriding theme uh, that is um, what has happened is the far left has taken things that we find that we we, uh, we appreciate, we find value in that. For example, it might be vaccinations uh, against childhood diseases for our kids, clean air, clean water, a variety of things. And then they take these things that we value and they roll them up into uh, more and more government, more and more force. And uh, in essence, then it, it gets way out of hand. So one of the things that I, I've been very concerned about are these forced vaccinations. And this is not pro-vax or anti-vax. This is forced vaccinations. And uh, we certainly want to be able to know what we're injecting into our kids' bodies. And it's so interesting to me that it is the radical regressive activists that are, are, are for forced vaccinations. And what's so interesting is they don't really care about kids as far as abortion is concerned. They're pro abortion. But yet they are so concerned about vaccinations for our kids. Somehow this is not matching up. But uh, one of my listeners reached out and said, Kim, I want you to know that it is the the radical activists that are for forced vaccinations. It really is uh, many of the conservatives, the conservatarians, uh, Republicans. Uh, actually, it's Democrats as well. I've had Democrat moms say, you know what? It's been the Republicans that have been standing against this. And one of the reasons is is that, that some of these vaccinations 
have been started with aborted fetuses. And I have an article. It's ABC News. This was uh, back in 2015. There was a question regarding vaccinating vaccinating kids. It says that this is, again, the ABC News uh, piece. It says, a small but growing number of parents who object to vaccinating their children on religious grounds say they do so because many common vaccines are the product of cells that once belonged to aborted fetuses. And then ABC News goes on to say there is a grain of truth in this statement, which means there is truth in this statement. Uh, But they said, but even religious leaders, including a future pope, have said that they shouldn't deter parents from vaccinating their children. Now, I'm not even going to go there, okay? Uh, But basically, basically what it says is the original cells were obtained more than 50 years ago and have been maintained under strict federal guidelines by the American Type Culture Collection. So in essence, yes, there are many vaccinations that did start from aborted fetuses. And uh, so I think that if people object to that, I think that we should have a free market and there should be some other vaccinations that have been created without abortive fetuses so that people have a choice. So hopefully, Marie, do you think I clarified that enough? I think so, yeah. And that's that's a good point to raise because I'd never even heard that before about the the abortion being related to it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is an ABC News article from 2015. And, you know, I jumped right in here and I didn't even say thank you, Marie. Thank you for filling in for Steve. He'll be back tomorrow. But thank you to you and Dave for covering this. This is just great. Yeah, glad to be part of the show. And I want to say thank you to Zach and Patty and uh, Keith and Steve also for keeping this whole train on the track. We are offering you a conservatarian perspective. So our inspirational quote for today, since we're going to be talking about the Federalist Papers, our quotes are from Alexander Hamilton. And he says, a well-adjusted person is one who makes the same mistake twice without getting nervous. Again, a well-adjusted person is one who makes the same mistake twice without getting nervous. What do you think about that? That sounds pretty good. That okay. sounds like Alexander Hamilton. Yes, for sure. We're going to get this over here so that everybody can hear, hear you there, Ben. Okay. Marie, are you ready for the funnies? So ready. Okay. <laughs> a friend told me this story. She recently asked a friend's little girl what she wanted to be when she grows up. And she said that she wanted to be president someday. Both of her parents... Boulder Democrats, those radical, progressive, activist, Boulder Democrats who have taken over the Democratic Party, uh, were standing there. And so I asked her, so if you were president, what would be the first thing you would do? She replied, well, I'd give food and houses to all the homeless people. And her parents, her Boulder Democrat parents, beamed with pride. Wow, what a worthy goal, I told her. Uh, But you don't have to wait until you're president to do that. You can come over to my house, mow the lawn, pull the weeds, sweep my yard, and I'll pay you $50. Then I'll take you over to the grocery store where where the homeless guy hangs out, and you can give him the $50 to use toward food and a new home. The little girl thought for a few seconds. She looked me straight in the eye, and she asked, well, why doesn't the homeless guy just come over and do the work, and you can just pay him $50? And my friend said, good point. Now you understand the difference between socialism and capitalism. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk a little bit about headlines. First thing, we had mentioned this a while back, and uh, this was um, down in Douglas County at Ranchview Middle School. There was some anti-oppression lectures, and it is now causing a furor among parents. This is from Complete Colorado. 
Self-described Littleton anti-oppression activist Regan Bird was paid $2,100 by the Douglas County School District to present two lectures to 7th and 8th grade students at Ranchview Middle School on February 27th and another on April 29th, eight days before the Highlands Ranch STEM school shooting. Bird's, Bird's presentations raised concerns among district educators, parents, and residents about the content which some feel is anti-police and overly biased, according to emails and documents obtained by Complete Colorado. Bird's uh, April 29th presentation to the 8th grade class begins with a video of a notorious 2016 incident in Columbia, South Carolina, where a sheriff's deputy was recorded yanking a female student out of her chair and dragging her across the floor while arresting her for refusing to turn over her cell phone. In that lecture, Bird showed video of this incident three times, once in slow motion, and later described another notorious police abuse case in Baltimore where Freddie Gray, after being arrested, ended up in a coma and later, later died from a spinal injury, allegedly suffered when police failed to secure him in a seatbelt in a police transport uh, van. And some of the topics that were on that list were white, anti-racist, anti-oppression, toxic masculinity, said Kim Donahue, a Ranchview parent. What I found out was that she is highly anti-white, anti-male, and anti-cop, which I'm not going to be a part of. Uh, My friends, uh, we send our kids off to school, and we think that they're learning uh, the great things, uh, the the great um, art, math, uh, read, write, arithmetic, those kinds of things, and we're actually using our taxpayer dollars to push forward this radical agenda. And uh, we need to keep an eye on this, and we need to stop this. This is not okay, and this is how... Again, the radical activists get themselves paid with taxpayer dollars and uh, to, to put out a message that is not inclusive whatsoever. And uh, certainly to try to delegitimize the school resource officer or the police in the eyes of these young students. Yet, our, uh, in the STEM school shooting, we realize that, you know, that it is important that kids have respect for their school resource officers in the, in the STEM shooting. They actually did not have a, um, uh, a sheriff's deputy there. They, they had their own uh, private security. But either way, we need to make sure that kids realize people are there to protect them, not to hurt them. And there can be outliers, bad actors, and it seems like the far left always tries to bring those forward instead of the 99% of people that are out there that want to make sure that we protect our children. Uh, another thing that is really important that you know is And this is from, again, Complete Colorado. Senator John Cook says uh, that Governor Polis is, is deliberately misreporting on air quality, and it puts politics over sound science and the rule of law. Governor Polis is inviting more stringent EPA air quality standards than required under the Federal Clean Air Act. The new higher standards will be imposed under the EPA's serious non-attainment status as a direct result of a directive issued by the government soon after his inauguration. The Polis Administration's certification uh, certification for the 2018 National Ambient Air Quality Standards has omitted omitted critical scientific data that would have shown the state to be in compliance with uh, the NAAQS. Polis directed the Air Pollution Control Division to omit available scientific evidence showing that a substantial portion of the Front Range's ground-level ozone pollution is traceable to out-of-state sources, namely the West Coast and Asian atmospheric sources. (laughs) The increased ozone levels detected in Denver and the Front Range testing are demonstrably not caused by automobile emissions. 
which have been steadily improving over the past decade. And yet, Polis told Coloradans in his January 17th executive order that putting more electric vehicles on our highways is necessary if we want to improve air quality. My friends, once again, what we see here is politicians and bureaucrats are manipulating the data so that they can push forward their agenda. And the agenda here is to get people out of their personal vehicles into electric vehicles, onto bicycles, uh, into buses, and onto trains because they think that that's how the masses need to travel. And uh, instead of letting us make our choice... And this is a, a real assault on freedom. Another thing is, is this is the 30th anniversary of TNM Square. And those kids there, when those tanks were rolling in, were reading the Declaration, the United States Declaration of Independence. And uh, my friend Helen Raleigh says the difference between a free society and a non-free society is one of the main things is their mobility. And so for people to be able to have their own personal vehicles, to go where they want to, when they want to, is inherent to freedom. And here we have a movement here in Colorado that wants to get you out of your car. They say it. They want to get you out of your car. They want to put you on a bicycle. It'd be really difficult, uh, Ben, for us to come over here this morning to the studio on a bicycle. Especially in the weather today. Especially (laughs) in the rain. So uh, we need to uh, be pushing back on this. We're going to go to break. But before we do that, the Rockies, hey, they have just squeaked some out. They beat the Oreos. Um, let's see, on uh, Sunday, 8-7. to seven. Yesterday, they beat the Diamondbacks 4-3. to three. Very exciting. And uh, so today, they'll be playing the Diamondbacks. They have a, three, a total of three games, and then the Blue Jays come to town. So with that, Hooters is the great spot to be this summer. Enjoy Hooters beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, delicious snow crab legs, and mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. And Hooters has plenty of uh, ice-cold beer options to help cool you down this summer. Some additional happenings at Hooter. They have nine items for $9, 11 to 3, Monday through Friday. You can choose from nine delicious menu items, such as fish and shrimp tacos, salads, cheeseburger, Philly cheesesteak, and, of course, their boneless wings. So get in, dine in, and uh, pick things up to go, or you can have them delivered right to your front door. For more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com, and let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. We'll be right back with more headlines, and then Ben Martin and I will be talking about the Federalist Papers. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks, since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. 
Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks would like to thank qualified listeners, veterans listening to veterans, brought to you by Dan Brooke and Cheryl Tootin in Centennial. In Castle Rock, Kim would like to thank Colorado Custom Services, promotional products, embroidery, engraving, and more. Thank you for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation offering you a conservatarian perspective and uh, love that music. And Marie, I have to tell you, that Vino and Veritas spot that you did, that is awesome. You did a great job on that. Oh, thank you. I love it. So, okay, just a few more headlines. I think, okay, you know, Patty puts these together for us. She said, the, this was from the Denver Business Journal, that a court rules in favor of Miller Coors on Anheuser-Busch's corn syrup ads. Do you remember that ad where they, um, I think it was a Super Bowl ad, I think it was, about the whole corn syrup thing? Lots of Super Bowl ads, in fact. Yes, yes. So it says a U.S. court late Friday barred Anheuser-Busch uh, the maker of Bud Light from using marketing that suggests rival Miller Coors uses corn syrup in the final production of its light beers. In his ruling, federal court judge William Conley of the Western District of Wisconsin said Anheuser-Busch had hoped to exploit confusion surrounding the use of corn syrup in beer production and that consumers would interpret advertising statements about made with corn syrup or brewed with corn syrup as corn syrup actually being in the final products. The ruling follows a controversial one-minute Bud Light commercial ad uh, aired during the Super Bowl that shamed Miller Coors for its Miller Light and Coors Light brews containing corn syrup. I'm glad that we got that clarified. And it's very important that we did that. So, But very important here, I saw this as I was looking at the headlines. On, Angela, is that how you say it? Angela Merkel? Uh, she said that there are dark forces that are moving in Europe. And you know what? It might be freedom. <laughs> Can you imagine that? This is from News.com. It says the European Parliament is shaken up after election results. Half a billion Europeans have woken to a new political reality as results from European elections showed an end to dominance of two main political parties for the first time in history. Results showed the two main groups in the 751-seat European Parliament have lost their majority, while Greens, Liberals, right-wing, and populist parties scored huge gains across the 28 member states. Far-right parties topped the votes in Italy, France, Britain, and Poland in the highest voter turnout in 20 years, as leaders rode a wave of anger at EU officials over immigration and economic policies. However, provisional results showed there is little change at the overall balance of power with socialists, Greens, liberals, and conservatives maintaining control of 506 of the 751 uh, states. In Britain, Nigel Farage's uh, Brexit party, which was launched just six weeks ago, uh, scored 36% of the vote with a hardline message to take Britain out of the EU on October 31st. The Liberal Democrats and Greens also gained, as, pro uh, as projected, while the results were a disaster for the governing Conservative Party, who scored less than 10% of the vote. Mr. Farage, we've had him on the show a couple of times, said it showed a massive message for politicians and said his party is ready to stand for the U.K. general election. We want to be part of the negotiating team. We want to take responsibility for what's happening, and we're ready to do so. 
and I hope the government is listening. Mm-hmm. We're not just here to leave the European Union, but to try and fundamentally change. Where have we ever heard that before? That sounds Going, kind of familiar. Yes, yeah. We want to fundamentally change the shape of British pol- uh, politics, bring it into the 21st century, and get a parliament that better reflects the country. And Farage, you know, he was, um, uh, he was a, a big supporter of Donald Trump. And so we are something, seeing something very historical here, is Donald Trump is still in office, and Theresa May isn't, and Nigel Farage's party is, had big success in this last election. And so there is something afoot, and this is pushing back on these globalists. And as you can see, Angela Merkel is uh, saying now there is something dark that is happening there when they have not done a good job. They have opened these borders up, and, uh, and the, the fabric of each of these countries has changed. And the people have, have said, uh, we're not real, real excited about that. So that is very important. Uh, let's see here. The next thing. Oh, my friends, this is really serious. Uh, Minnesota has what they're calling um, Help Me Grow. And it's, uh, they're saying this is Minnesota Advocates for Champions for Children website. Now, Champions for Children, doesn't that sound great? But with all the discussion of expanded home visits in Minnesota, an existing program, Help Me Grow, is already referring parents and children for the purpose of home visiting services. Now, let's think about this. Help Me Grow is an interagency organization working with and on behalf of the Department of Education and Department of Health and partnering with all local service agencies. If you as a parent or someone else, such as a professional, friend, family member, basically anyone, has concerns about a child's development, you and your child could be referred to the Minnesota Help Me Grow program without your knowledge. A Minnesota Department of Education's Help Me Grow spokesman stated in 2018 that under just about 22,000 children, birth through kindergarten, were referred to the program because a caring adult in their lives identified a concern. That number has skyrocketed from just 533 referrals in 2010 when the program was first implemented. So in essence, what this is happening here is that somebody could be concerned about the development of a child, and uh, they could report you, and you're going to have the government coming into your house checking on how you're raising your children. Uh, We all know that children... uh, um, um, mature at, at, uh, and develop at different rates. And quite frankly, I don't think that this is any of the government's business. It's one thing for a program to be available for a parent who asks for help. I would like someone to come to my house and help me train my child. That's, that's different than it being forced upon you without your knowledge. It's freedom versus force. Sounds a lot like our gun laws we're talking about right now. It sounds a lot like the gun laws. And that, Ben, that is... Well, that's a really important point. We're seeing this theme in all of this different legislation where the where you can be reported anonymously and you don't even know. And the government can come in, uh, for example, with the red flag law right here in Colorado. They can come into your home when you're not there. You don't even know they're going to be there and they can go through your stuff and they can take your guns. So now here it's your guns. But what could it be next? Well, you know, the other thing that it sounds like that it really bothers me. And there's so much parallels to when the when the Nazis took over Germany. And I hate to bring up those kind of things, but that's true when they 
they encourage their neighbors to to spy on each other and to and to tell the government about them, you know. And that's that was a really big deal. And that's what this is leading to, where you can say, hey, you know, that guy's acting really strange. Maybe I think maybe you should confiscate his guns or see that or that child doesn't look so good you know maybe you should go in there and check on them i mean and and, and you know what the child are... the child may be fine and uh, the person may just you know somebody may just not like them and they can report them how many times did you fall on a bicycle when you were growing up and skin your face or get bruises all over i did that quite a quite a few times and if we had somebody an activist had looked at me and said you know that child looks like he's been abused yeah and then they come into your house. I mean, things it's, that we it's really scary. Do, it is scary. It's really, really scary. And to that point is Nazi st- uh, would uh, stood for the National Socialist Party, right? Okay. You're right. Okay. So Nationalist Socialist Party. Exactly. Yeah. Socialist. Freedom versus force, force versus freedom. But uh, you know what? Uh, we have Jason McBride on the line, and uh, I want to get to him because I want to get to you also, Ben. Jason McBride, it was great to see you at Vino and Veritas last night. Yeah, it was great to see you and uh, and everybody else, too. That was really neat. Yeah, I'm learning a lot from that. Uh, you know, my head was spinning a little bit <laughs> I uh, after I left, and I don't think it's because I came in in the middle. It's it's just amazing how deeply Dr. Cranawitter has dug into this stuff and uh, it's almost uh, like he was sitting there in the room uh watching those guys and listening to them discuss, uh, you know, the, the papers and the Constitution and all that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's something that could be a little bit of a dry subject, but he sure brings it to life and makes it entertaining. There's no doubt about that. Well, and that's for sure. And so we have the one in Centennial that you and your beautiful wife came to. And then uh, we still have room at the one in Castle Rock, and we will be starting uh, one in Fort Collins in June. So it was great to see you. But what's on your mind today, Jason? Um, well, mostly, uh, you know, I was still kind of thinking about last night. I mean, the markets uh, look like they're going to have just kind of a slow day, at least on the opening, which I guess is a welcome change with the big swings we've been having back and forth uh, recently. Uh, I still think we have a little bit of trouble there. We'll see if we can shake it off and get back to the new highs or you know, if we have to uh, shed a few more points first before we, we reset and try to go higher. Okay. Well, and, you know, I think it's important that you keep an eye on your nest egg. And you and your colleagues over at Presidential Wealth Management can sit down with people. And each person is, is different. Each person, it's important their own personal economy, that they have the tools then that they can, um, can fuel their own personal economy. Yeah, and I think that's very smart, and then also to pay attention to your own personal economy, Kim. I know a lot of times you and I like to talk about, you know, what's going on in China or what's happening with tariffs or all these different things, but at the end of the day, for your investments and your retirement and your nest egg, you know, the most important thing is to pay attention to how that is behaving and not so much all this other stuff that may or may not affect it. Uh, you know, uh, watch the, the game on the field instead of kind of what everybody is saying around you in the stands is the way I always like to put it. Well, I think that makes a lot of sense. So if you'd like to talk to Jason McBride about your personal economy, you can go to chickspresidential.com. 
That's chickspresidential.com, and there's all kinds of great information there. And the phone number over there is 303-694-1600, 303-694-1600. Jason, have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Kim. Okay, and we're, we'll be right back. We're going to talk with Ben Martin as we are working through the Federalist Papers. And uh, what, we're, what are we going to talk about today? Today, well, we break between the first and the second subdivisions of the first book, the first volume, which is called The Utility of Union or Union. Okay. And we talked about the first part was the, the, the part where we talked about all the different dangers that, are, that we have facing us and why utility is the best, the, the utility of the union or the union is the best solution for that. And then we break into the second part, the second subdivision of that today. And then that we talk about the vices of government. And really we're vices talking about the government. vices of government. Oh. We're talking about the insufficiencies of the, Confeder- the Articles of Confederation. Okay. Well, let's go to break. When we come back, we'll talk about the vices of government. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, May 24th through Thursday, May 30th. Features will include Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Aladdin, and The Hustle. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Americhicks.com. Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson as we dissect issues as right versus wrong. Instead of right versus left, agree or disagree, let's have a conversation Offering you a conservatarian perspective, be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. We'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming events. And go to standforcolorado.com. We are rolling out videos of each of our amazing speakers from our Stand for Colorado rally. And they each did about three minutes. It was speed issues instead of speed dating. And so you can get a really quick synopsis of uh, some of the things that we are facing here in Colorado. So, again, that's StanfordColorado.com. Thrilled to have in studio with me my good friend, patriotic historian, former Army Ranger, Ben Martin. And so let's jump in here on the Federalist Papers. Well, thanks. I'm glad to be here again, Kim, as you know. And we try, as I said before, when we were talking at break, I try to simplify this as much as we possibly can so people can comprehend all of the great things that go into the making of the Federalist Paper, which really undermines or underlies what we did in the Constitution, the framing of the Constitution. So if you, need to, if you want to understand the Constitution in depth, you need to understand the Federalist Papers. Right. And, and these were essays by James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and John Jay to make the case, right? Exactly. 85, 85 essays in all. They start, they, when they started, they thought there would be between 20 and mm-hmm. 25. And then, obviously, it kept developing, and, and it 
didn't develop and so you were into minutiae, you were into real principles. And mm-hmm. so let's talk about, first of all, to, to review where we've been, because this is a break point for us. We're okay. still talking about the first volume of the Federalist Papers, and that first volume was called Union. And it was it was numbers, essays number one through 36. And so we've talked about, we've come this far where we've talked about the introduction, the outline, the reasons for the Federalist Papers. We talked about the background of the authors of the Federalist Papers. And we talked about several things, the overall structure and contents. We talked about the best reference for use in studying the Federalist Papers, the Signet Classic mm-hmm. that we talked about before, and their, the introductions. And we talked about the uh, the introduction there, how important it is for everybody to understand, and I recommend people read that as many times as they can to get an overall understanding of the Federalist Papers, and we talked about that. We emphasized that. We also talked about the, the subdivisions of utility. We talked about the several dangers from foreign forces and from influence. Then we talked about also the dangers of dissension among or between the states, and then we went into number nine and number 10, which are very important. Number 10 is the most referenced, the most read, the most quoted of, of all of the federal essays, number 10. And did Am- Hamilton write that one? No, no, no. That one. Hamilton wrote number nine, in, which was kind of the introduction to get to number 10. Number okay. 10 was written by Madison. Okay. You'll find probably the second most important one was number 51, and that was also written by Madison. And the reason I want to talk about that when we go into the second one is, is between the spring of 86 and the spring of 87, when, the, when we started, you know, we started in May for the Constitutional Convention, Jefferson got, I mean Jefferson, Madison got into this real intense study of all of the different, of of the history of all of the different confederacies and their constitutions. And he produced two papers which are very important today. The first paper that he produced was called The Vices of Government, which he really took a strong and hard look at not only the Confederation, the Articles of Confederation, which we were under, and all the problems we were having with that, which is reflected in this first part, the Union. And then he also looked at the, the he, he produced notes on all of the old confederacies from the ancient to the modern, mm-hmm. all of those that existed today. And so that is what we're going to talk about today. But before we leave the first subdivision, which is called the Utility of Union, we're going to go to number 14, which is still in that first part. And it's a summary. It's a capstone of all of the things that happened before. And this okay. happens in, in all of those subdivisions as you go through the Federalist Papers. The last essay normally is a capstone and a summary of what's going on. Okay. So if I can talk about the first, the number 14 again and the, the, the importance of that, it summarizes the dangers and the fixes from the union that we had talked about before. If I can have one little passage here, there was the necessity of union as our bulk work against foreign danger, the conservator of peace among ourselves, which is the domestic problems, uh, and then the guardian of our commerce and other common interests as the only substitute for those military establishments which subverted the liberties of the old world. And so we're talking about that. So those are you can see the things that Madison was talking about in the papers he wrote about the about the governments of the old and, and all the historic problems they had with that. And one of the things he talks about and, and that it really reflects on what's going on today. 
the founders did not like democracy. They had seen over and over again the problems with democracy. And it really bothers me today that on most of the, the news and the commentary you see today, you see our democracy, our democracy, our democracy. And the, and the founders said, so I'm going to give the quote that they talk about in number nine and number 10 that talks about democracy again. And they, they basically said democracies have ever been spectacles. And spectacles is a really mm-hmm. bad word. Spectacles of turbulence and confrontation. And they said they they have been the they have been contra to personal security and the rights of property and they said they have been what what distinguishes them from everybody else is that they have been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their deaths and that's what they thought about democracy because you could have the tyranny of the mob the tyranny of the mob and we talk they talk about that in this first section that we're leaving right now and in the second well we also talk about the tyranny and we'll talk about that because that was in here too that's also part of the summary the tyranny of the minority against the majority which we were really having there which locks the government up and and you can't do the things that you were supposed to do and and the evidence of that or the examples of that that they cite was under the articles of confederation you had to have a majority of nine of the 13 that's a pretty high majority you had to and that's the same majority that we have to have to pass so you had to have nine of the 13 to approve something to approve of the, something of the colonies. which is kind of like a supermajority yeah. it's not just a one majority and then you had the tyranny of one if you wanted to do anything to change the Articles of Confederation, you had to have a complete, you had to com, it had to be unanimous. So one state like Rhode Island or Connecticut, a small state, could, could subvert anything that they tried to do, which happened many, many times. So as they were working on the Constitution, uh, they, they were looking at both this tyranny of, of, the, majority. of the majority, but also the tyranny of the minority. And so they were trying to figure out something in between there that's going to work, right? It's going to work, but it's going to still protect individual rights. You couldn't take away individual rights, this force that you're talking mm-hmm. about, force versus reason. And they talk about, remember, in the, in the first of all of the essays when they talk about how we... Is it possible, that big question, is it possible for man through reason and deliberation to, to establish a good government or whether we will always be dependent upon force to establish our government, force and accident? And so that was the big question. Like, do, can we do it? Do we have the capability? Because we have never seen that in, in the annals of human history. And so this is the part... When they, when they finish up, and we're talking 14, where we are, the capstone for that first part, the first discussion, this is the two, or, two that I would really like to quote in here. And it said, is, is it not the glory of America that whilst they have paid a decent regard to the opinions of former times in other nations, they have not suffered a blind veneration of antiquity for customs or for names, which is heredity, or not to overrule the suggestions of their own good sense, the knowledge of their own situation, and the lessons of their own experience. To this manly spirit, prosperity will be indebted for the possession and the world for the example of the numerous innovations that have been displayed 
on the American theater in the favor of private rights and public happiness. Those are the two basic objectives of our Constitution, mm -hmm. private rights and public happiness, or what they call the general welfare. Okay. And then they said, happily for America, happily we trust for the whole human race. Because they were looking at that when Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence and Madison and, Je and Hamilton put forth this frame of Constitution, they were looking at that not only for ourselves, but for the example that we can set for the whole world to, be, to become under this new government, it, which we talked about first in number nine, when Hamilton talked about the new science of government, and then it's expanded more and goes into more depth by Madison in number 10, which I told you that's mm -hmm. the most famous of all of the essays. Okay. Okay, and so he says, happily for America, and we trust for the whole human race, that they pursued a new and more noble course. They accomplished a revolution which has no parallels in the annals of human society. They reared the fabrics of government which have no model on the face of the globe. They form the design of a great confederacy, which it is incumbent upon their successors to improve and perpetuate. And that is the challenge that our founders gave to us. If yes. you want to keep the blessings of liberty, you have to know what we've done. You have to know what is our heritage, and you have to work to preserve it and to make it better to improve it. You know, before we go to break, there's two things that I see that is very dangerous that's happening in our society. And first of all, I've had um, Roberta Sutton on. She's written this important book, What You Don't Know That Your Kids Don't Know. And she, she has been substituting uh, teaching in the Jefferson County School District. But this could be any of our metro school districts. And uh, she said that in, in English class, one of the English classes that she was teaching, instead of the great literature, Shakespeare, you know, the, the literature from over history, that they are pulling <clears throat> literature from just the last 15 years. And she said, so much of it is so dark. You know, when we're so concerned about our kids, we talk about mental health, you know, to, to continue at school to, to say to these, you know, white, little white guys that, hey, you know, you are a problem and not teach great literature. Uh, that is really of great concern. And then, so we're not learning our history. We're not reading the great writings, but then we're also tearing down our history. Exactly. And uh, that, that... No, we have no heroes anymore. And that's, that's the basic platform of progressivism, which is based upon nihilism, which says, you know, there, there are no timeless, uh, established foundational virtues you know, there, there's nothing, there's, so there's no, no right foundation. versus no wrong. People are, 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 they're twisting in the wind, and that's what we're seeing that we are teaching in our school districts now. And um, It leads to depression, and it leads to anxiety, and it leads to revolt, which we're seeing in a, in a lot of places right now. It leads to anarchy, which we talked about before, and the founders talk about that in the 200-year cycle, 200 cycle of, of governments, and that it leads to finally... The anarchy leads to despotism, where you have to have somebody come in and take control of that place, and so you give them complete power to do whatever they want, and they're not controlled by a constitution. Okay, so in number 14, it, this is what we have to do. We have to, um, it's incumbent 
on their successors, on us, to improve and perpetuate these good things from the Constitution. Ben Martin, let's go to break. When we come back, let's continue on. Uh, This is our important conversation regarding the Federalist Papers, which were written by Hamilton, Madison, and Jay, to make the case for ratification of the U.S. Constitution. We'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with Remax Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation offering you a conservatarian perspective. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and also uh, check out StanfordColorado.com. And just a shout-out to Charlie, who puts together all this bumper music. Uh, Somebody at at one of the Vino and Veritas said, who is doing that music? It is so good. So thanks to Charlie on that. I hear from him that you love theme music. I do love theme music, and he's... I, I never know for sure what he's going to have, but I just love it. So, uh, And Marie, thank you for running the boards today. Uh, it's great to have you here. Ben Martin, um, you are a patriotic historian. You uh, are a former Army Ranger. We're talking about the Federalist Papers. And one of the things that we, we had just mentioned in essay number 14 of the Federalist Papers, it said that the, the founders in the Constitution were working towards protecting private rights and encouraging public happiness. You know, I was just thinking on private rights. We had mentioned the red flag bill mm-hmm. here. Uh, once again, this is where government now can just come into your house. We talked about this uh, this thing up in Minnesota. What, what, what was the name of that again? Anyway, uh, from Minnesota, it is Help Me Grow, where, once again, they can come in to your house. Children instead of guns. Yeah, this is... Uh, antithetical to private rights. Exactly. We're in a dangerous time right now. It is. That's why we have to know what we believe what, and we why we believe it. We have to know what we believe. And Wilson's, you know, James Wilson, who was, who was the second most prolific contributors to the discussions in the Constitutional Convention, he said at the end of the Constitutional Convention, and in a great speech that he'd given in the yard of the, of the Independence Hall, And he said, and it's really key, and it's one of the things that we talk about what a patriot is. And a patriot is someone who loves his country. 
And, and he said this, and you can see what's been happening through the hundred years of progressivism, the brainwashing that has happened in our public education because of progressives. And it, it talks about this. He said, in order for something to become a, an item of your heart, it first must become the item of your head. You know, you have to learn this before you can love it, mm-hmm. is what he's saying. And that goes back to patriotism, to love your country. And it's saying, you, he, what he's saying is if you can screw with somebody's head, if you can interrupt their learning of what was the great heritage of our country and our founders, then you can, you can disrupt this love for our country, which means you can eradicate patriotism from our society. And that's what's happening through all mm-hmm. of this stuff. And so it's very important that we go back to the Federalist Papers, as Jefferson called them, the greatest commentary on the science of government, which was ever written. And he could have thrown in there the greatest commentary on the science of our government ever written, mm-hmm. which is, that's the, that's the basis, as, as Madison said, or I'm sorry, as, as uh, James Wilson said, for patriotism, for the love of our country. We have to first know what our country is. And that's why what you were talking about before, it's not being taught in our schools. And, and that was what was so critical in our founding was it was taught in the homes. You know, and that, that's one of the most important roles that women had in the establishment of this great government, this great nation that we have, and that they taught that to their children in the homes. And we're not doing that today either. Well, and, and that's one of the... the, the big things of radical feminism is they do not uphold motherhood. Right. Uh, you know, and then they're, uh, you know, saying to a lot of young girls now, or young people that the planet is over, uh, overpopulated, don't have kids. And this is a big lie. Yes, it, it is. is a big lie. Let me get to this part now. We're, we're, okay. in, we're in the second part, and this is the insufficiencies, what the founders called the insufficiencies of the present confederation. These are the essays 15 through 22, eight essays. And of the eight essays, they're all, they're all collected into two titles. And the first title is the insufficiency of the present confederation to preserve the union. We talked about in the first subdivision the utility of the union, how the union is important to keep our country together and to perpetuate this improved science of government we have. And now this is talking about the vices of government, the the insufficiencies of government, which are in our Articles of Confederation, which we're trying to replace in the Constitutional Convention by our Constitution. And so one of the first big things, and it's covered in 15 and 16, and it talks about this great and radical device. Now, I hope everyone's thinking out there right now, what is this great and radical device? And that was one of the things that they talked about, was that the government, under the Articles of Confederation, worked on the states and not the individual. And that's one of the unique things about our Constitution, is that it works on the people, the individuals, and not upon the states. And that's, that's a really critical thing, and that's one of the underlying themes that goes throughout our Constitution. And it, we talk about how we have to work on the state, not on the states, because working on the states with little power from the central government, for, toward the central government, we could not tax, we could not collect taxes, we could not raise an army, we could not get the states really, if the states didn't want to contribute, 
There, there was no power in the central government to make them. So, the, and so that was under the Articles of Confederation. That the, okay. Yeah, that's what all this is about. The vices of government, the insufficiency of the government. We're talking about the present government that the founders are under right there. Okay. And that's the Articles of Confederation. Got it. So that is a really big thing. And it's talked about through, throughout these things, but it's especially talked about in the first and second. And then we go on. To the to the seventeenth uh, and the eighteenth, it's still under the same subject, and so I would like to maybe uh, say in the nineteenth is the same way too. They start talking about the, and this is again going back to Madison. Even, even though Hamilton's writing this, Madison brought all of this out in the Constitutional Convention, and you have to remember that Hamilton. And Madison were both active members. You know, Madison, of course, more active, and he led most discussions. He led into most discussions. And so a lot of the things that, that I'm telling you that Madison came up with in this intense study period that he did for a year before going into the Constitutional Convention came out in the Constitutional Convention and comes out in here. And a lot of it was Hamilton's work. But Hamilton being a brilliant man himself, learned a lot from Madison. So we talk about that, and then he talks about different, different uh, ancient governments. Okay. okay, and one of those was the German government. One of them, of course, was ancient Greece. Uh-huh. And then he talks about the Netherlands. And, and he talks about the deficiencies that they have in there and the, to show that what happened to those things. And then so that we can see this is happening under the Articles of Confederation and we have to guard against it. Okay. And then we go into number 21 and 22, the last two, where we talk about what can happen. The other defects of the present considerations, uh, the con- present confederation. And so I just want to go into two Different things. In number 21, they first state, number 21 talks about taxation in in particular in there, about the power of taxation and how it can be abused by their government. Duh. And and that's right. But, you know, we talk about Art Laffer in the in the present administration as being a financial advisor and also in the Reagan administration mm-hmm. being a financial advisor and, and all of great things that came to our economy that. And we talk about Laffer there. But in, remember, I remember talking with you before in Mali last year when we talked about this thing. And I said, when you all had, we're going to have Laffer on. And mm-hmm. I said, be sure to ask him about Article 21 or SA 21 about how it was a forerunner of the Laffer. And let me read you the quote. If duties, or you can say taxes, are too high, they lessen the consumption. The collection, the collection of taxes, is eluded, and the product to the treasury is not so great as when they are confined within proper and moderate bounds. That's just a that's the original that's statement the Laffer of the curve Laffer right curve. there. So that's just something I thought that everybody should know about. And it says, and then the, another one is the natural cure for for an ill administration in a popular or representative constitution, which ours is. And they're they're kind of making the the comparison there. The cure for that is a change of men, and that's what we do by our elections. And that's not a democracy. That's a republic. It's a constitutional republic. It's a constitutional republic. And then I'll, I'll finish up by a, a last, pub, a last uh, quote from number 22, which again is the capstone of that subdivision. And it says, the fabric of the American empire ought to rest on the solid basis 
of the consent of the people. The stream of national power ought to flow from the pure, original fountain of all legitimate authority in our Constitution. Isn't that amazing? That is pretty amazing. Uh, We the people, you know, uh, I think Maggie Thatcher said that America is the only country that was founded on an idea. Exactly. And that's what makes us so unique. So, uh, Ben Martin, thank you. We're going to have to have you back. So our quote for today is Alexander Hamilton. He said, in politics as in religion, it is equally absurd to aim at making proselytes by fire and sword. Heresies in either can rarely be cured by persecution. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.